0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Clean Cause. Grab a Clean Cause Organic Sparkling Herba Mate and get your day going with 160 milligrams of caffeine that won't cause crashes, it won't cause the jitters, give you those weird feelings like coffee and other energy drinks do sometimes. Clean Cause is low in calories, it's low in sugar, and it comes in five great flavors. But the best part is that every sip Makes a difference in the fight against addiction. Check this out. Clean Cause donates 50% of net profits to support individuals in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. So grab a boost, live better, and help transform lives. Head on over to cleancause.com and get 20% off your order with promo code SOBERGUY. That's cleancause.com. Enter the promo code SOBERGUY at checkout and save 20%. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymond. you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. You can find more podcasts, more resources, and also connect with us by going to thatsoberguy.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. All the links from today's show will be in the show notes. We're going to share some alcohol news today. The latest news on alcohol. Got some good articles here. Um, Ways alcohol affects the aging process. Legalizing marijuana tied to more binge drinking in folks over 30. Uh, Can heavy drinkers really hold their liquor? You all heard that. Oh, you can hold his liquor. Good. I don't know why I have to put the that kind of voice on it like the redneck voice he can hold his liquor good he's got a wife bait around and he's a some biscuit <laughs> I don't know I don't know I, I never thought I could hold hold my li- actually yeah, I did I didn't did hold my liquor because I kind of got well, proud of it what else heavy drinking could raise your risk for frailty interesting best alternatives to avoid a hangover I have a great alternative for you. It's called don't drink. I'm going to do this one. Let's try that again. Best alternatives to avoid a hangover. I got it. I got the, I got the answer here. It's called don't drink. There we go. That was how it's supposed to go. I get to use the board every, every so often. Drinking and driving in the senior years, a recipe for disaster. I love this one. Exercise could be an antidote to addiction. Data suggests and I can attest to that. I got a great workout in today, as a matter of fact. Worked the back out. Some deadlifts, about 40 of those. Oh, 50. 50, I guess, if you count the warm-up set. And uh, what else? Some rows. Some bent-over dumbbell rows. Some lap pull-downs. Some jump and rope. I've been working on my double-unders lately. It's legit. I love doing those things. I'm getting better at them. Helps with the coordination. The calves are feeling strong. The legs are strong. If you just want to, like I feel like if you just jumped rope and you just walked, if you walked every night and then you jumped a little bit of rope every day to get the cardio in, man, you could, like you can move. Like that's a good place to start. Just walking is a good place to start. Then maybe you add a little little jump rope in there. um, Maybe some body squats little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. I love this one, and then we'll dive into to some of these. Drinking alcohol brings no health benefits, study finds. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. In fact, let's start there. Let's just start there. And I'll be sure to put this link in the show notes for you if you want to check out any of these articles. Um, let's see. It says dozens of studies have perpetually. I'm sorry, perpetually purportedly shown that a daily glass of wine or a mug of beer could reduce your risk of heart disease and death. These studies are flawed. A new evidence review asserts that the potential health benefits of moderate alcohol use vanish when those flaws and biases are taken into account. At best, a drink or two each day has no effect, good or ill, on a person's health. While three or more drinks a day significantly increase the risk of an early death researcher's report. So think about that. If you if you're drinking two to three drinks a day and it's like oh, I don't get, you know, I don't get intoxicated so much and I catch a little buzz and it's just what we do. It's that's not a there's no health benefit benefit to that, number one. And number two there's actually negative side effects from that when you're continuing to do that every single day. So it goes on to say low level or moderate drinking is roughly defined between one drink per week and two drinks per day. Low level. So I'm guessing a low level would be one drink per week. And then moderate drinking is two drinks per day. That's the amount of alcohol that many studies, if you look at them, uncritically suggests reduces your risk of dying prematurely, which doesn't make a whole whole lot of sense to me. Uh, But after adjusting for study flaws and biases, the appearance of the benefit from moderate drinking greatly diminishes and in some cases vanishes altogether. A standard drink in the United States contains roughly 14 grams of pure alcohol, according to the U.S. National Institute of Health. That equates to about 12 ounces of beer, 5 ounces of wine, or 1.5 ounces of distilled spirits. For this analysis, Stockwell and his colleagues evaluated 107 studies that assessed the relationship between alcohol use and death. These studies included nearly 5 million participants from multiple countries. Goes on to say former drinkers aren't lifetime abstain abs, is it abstainers or abstiners i don't know how you say that for example many studies tend to place former drinkers in the same group as lifetime abstainers from alcohol referring to them all as non-drinkers so it's just a little different there i guess so what i mean basically here i don't i don't think i need to go i'm kind of scrolling through this here and although interesting well, let's go over this actually. Awesome said research has established a continuum of risk associated with weekly alcohol use where the risk of harm is. Two standard drinks or less a week. You're likely to avoid alcohol-related consequences for yourself or others at this level. So if you are a person who can consume alcohol normal at a low risk, a low level, that's roughly two drinks a week or less. So maybe one or none, one week. Maybe one one week you have two, and maybe the next week you don't have any. It's not an issue. It's not a thing. Alcohol is not the go-to answer to everything, to every party, to every funeral, to every game, uh, to every day. Three to six standard drinks a week. Three to six a week. Your risk of developing several types of cancer, including breast and colon cancer, increases at this level. So you have an increased health risk if you're drinking this much, seven standard drinks or more a week, I would, I would say that that is a high level of drinking. Your risk of heart disease or stroke increases significantly at this level. So, and as they go up, the more risk. The more you drink, the more risk. So, drinking alcohol brings no health benefits. Back to it, and I, you know I, I've always said that I've never met a person. Who came to me and said or or just publicly stated hey my excessive drinking habits have really improved my life (laughs) i know i've said it many times but it's true i've never met anybody in my own experience as well the more i drink the worse my life got and i don't mean the more like excessiveness because it had always kind of been excessive in different stages at times I just meant the longer I drank and the longer I kept living that, like, the worse it got. Internally, externally, spiritually, physically, man, emotionally, relationships, not good. How about this one? Can heavy drinkers really hold their liquor? Can heavy drinkers really hold their liquor? Study shows maybe not. This just came out on June 19th, just a couple of days ago. Heavy drinkers might think they can hold their liquor. How how many times have you heard somebody say that too? Man, that dude holds his liquor so good. He can drink like 45 beers and he don't even know he's drunk. (laughs) A new University of Chicago study found that people with alcohol use disorder were still impaired after heavy drinking, even though they thought they had a greater tolerance. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say too, especially back in (laughs) the day, I drive better when I'm drunk. (laughs) And maybe you've said that before. Um, I'm probably going to guess that I probably have said that at some point or at least thought I'm fine. I can drive great. I'm intoxicated because drinking and driving was a big part of my uh, issues. (laughs) Although they may be able to tolerate a certain amount of alcohol better than light or moderate drinkers. So there's some truth to that. Some people can't hold their, their liquor a little more or drink more, probably because they build up a tolerance for it over a period of time. Like if you talk to a, a grown man who's been drinking for 20 years, um, you know, consistently, he can drink 12 beers and be cool because his tolerance is a lot higher. And when I say cool, I mean like he's not sloppy drunk off 12 beers. He's definitely intoxicated. If he got pulled over and had to blow on a breathalyzer, he'd be going to jail. But like functionally, he can function because his tolerance level has been built up. Versus, let's say, someone who just graduates high school and they're doing the graduation thing and they think it's cool and they're going to go drink and party and stuff and have a good time and they drink 12 beers more than likely that person is probably going to be um, uh, throwing up all night and extremely sick and not in a good way that night or the following day, because the tolerance is much lower. So they're saying that there's definitely a difference between people who can tolerate it. And so back to the title, can heavy drinkers really hold their liquor? Well, there's a tolerance issue with that. And then, um, The article goes on to say there's a lot of thinking that when experienced drinkers consume alcohol, they are tolerant to its impairing effects, said senior study author Andrea King, a professor of psychiatry and behavioral neuroscience. We supported that a bit, but with a lot of nuances. When they drank alcohol in our study at a dose similar to their usual drinking pattern, we saw significant impairments on both the five motor and cognitive tests that was even more impairment than a light drinker gets at the intoxicating dose. So, I mean, back to what I was saying before, I, I hadn't read that before I had just said, like it, when I say, oh, they're cool, they get the, the guy who drank 12 beers, he's cool. That's what I'm saying. Like he can act a little bit better, but he's still impaired. He's still going to get pulled over. His um, His cognitive tests, his motor skills are going to be jacked up. Maybe he's starting to slur his words a little bit but he might just be better off than somebody who is a light drinker who drank the same thing. That's all I was saying there and it it really aligns with with what the study says too. For the study King and her team worked with three groups of 20 something 20 somethings with different drinking patterns. Oh, this should be interesting. One group included light drinkers. The second was made up of heavy social drinkers who binge drink several times a month. The third group met the criteria for alcohol use disorder. With individuals who binge drink at least one third or more of the days in a typical month. Participants were told that they'd be receiving a drink containing alcohol, a stimulant, a sedative, or a placebo. The alcoholic beverage was a flavored drink mixed in water with 190 proof alcohol at 16% volume based on body weight. Women received a dose that was 85% of that given to the men to adjust for sex differences in metabolism. Participants consumed the drink over a 15-minute period. Each took a breathalyzer test and completed two performance tasks after 30 minutes and again at 60, 120, and 180 after consuming the equivalent of four to five drinks. Participants with drinking issues showed less impairment on fine motor and thinking tasks compared to either group of social drinkers. The standard intoxicating dose was meant to produce breathalyzer readings of 008 0.09, the threshold for drunk driving. But when those people had seven to eight drinks, more like their usual habit and breathalyzer readings of 0.13, they showed more than double the amount of mental and motor impairment than they had at the standard intoxicating dose. Interesting. Even three hours later, they still had not returned to their baseline performance. I was surprised at how much impairment the group had to the larger dose because while it's 50% more than the first dose, we're seeing more than double the impairment for a fine motor task. Participants were asked to retrieve, rotate and insert a groove metal peg into 25 randomly slotted holes on a four inch square metal board. They were scored on how long it took to fill all 25 holes. So they gave them tests as well with both. Both folks with alcohol use disorder and heavy drinkers reported feeling less impaired than like, okay. Okay. I think I'm done with this. I think I'm done. That's, that's about it. That's the, that's the bottom of it anyways. But point being is yes, there are differences in tolerance levels. I think that was established. However, if you drink multiple drinks, you're going to be impaired. Your motor skills are impaired, even when you don't think you are and you might not be as much as the next guy. But you are, and if you drive, if you are attempting to do something and that requires some of those motor skills and uh, cognitive skills, you're you're impaired, like period. And so, like I say before, for me, the best solution to all of this is just don't drink. That that's just that's my choice. Like why? Um, it's a it's a temporary solution to a spiritual problem, and that's probably one of the most important things I think that I, that came to light for me. Like, that's why, why do they call it spirits? Well, man, they're, they're literally spirits and they mess your spirit up. They block your spirit from connecting to God, to something higher. And I experienced that firsthand. That was one of the things I think, um, you know, towards the end of my own drinking that really was getting to me and really bothering me. Like I felt God knocking on the door. And, um, which is biblical, by the way, I think it's in the book of revelation when, um, it talks about like Jesus will come, God will come and will will knock on the door and he who opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him and he will eat with me. And I'm kind of paraphrasing there. Um, but the spirit is for me was blocked. The spirit was dead. The spirit that was alive, was the substance that I was putting in my body that came to life as a spirit. Not the Holy Spirit that lives within me, that lives with each each and every one of us, that lives within each and every one of us. That was dead. And so the trade-off for that was I needed to make a a change in that, and I could feel it. And that's why I I also feel like, too, you know, you hear it so many times like, uh, oh, you know, he's stunted, and I have a family member close to me like this, and, you know, they're literally like a teenager. Like, they have the mind of a teenager because they've been drinking, and, you know, this person is older than me. And they literally are stuck in that time of, like, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, right around there, a late teenager. Because alcohol stunts your growth physically spiritually emotionally it just it it keeps you stuck in this state that you can never move on from and grow from and take responsibility from and 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 i'm talking about when it's a habitual habit and it's an issue obviously um and i do i do 100 believe that that my spiritual growth was completely stunted and the enemy the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call it, evil, something has, um, you know, I do believe there's a battle between good and evil on this planet Earth. And I believe that um, it's a, everything is a huge spiritual battle. And the the spiritual battle um, for many of us who have struggled with alcohol is a big one. And it's a big one. And I, I didn't start to see some light until I cut it out of my life, and that's, that's why I decided to cut it out of my life. I saw what it's doing to my family, to my friends, and obviously to me. To my, I, I was becoming everything I never wanted to be. It's the best way to put it. I was becoming everything that I swore up and down as a kid I would never do. I was becoming all of that. And it wasn't just because of the drinking. It, that was a big part of it. That was like the, the tip of the spear, but underneath that, there was a whole bunch of other stuff. And I couldn't get to that other stuff until I cut out the drinking. So those out there listening who are like, man, you know, you, you feel shamed or you're in denial because I don't have a drinking problem. I just this or whatever. It's not a big deal. I work hard. I, my, I take care of my, my family, my bills, you know, whatever it is. Like, look, it's not that, that's the face of it. That's the face of it. And we use alcohol. Those of us who use it or used it habitually, daily, every couple days, even binge drinking, we use it as a tool to escape, and we use it as a tool to deal with life, and we use it as a tool to curb social anxiety. But this is the thing. It's a temporary tool, like I said, for a lifelong spiritual battle. And without some underlying... um, without you know, without getting to the underlying stuff, alcohol is just the face of it. And and then you can jump in and get to that underlying stuff. I hope that makes sense. Um, so don't like, don't, put, I guess what I'm saying is don't put so much focus. If you're listening to this right now and you're struggling, or you got a loved one who's struggling on like beating yourself up about how the alcohol is, you know, it's, that's all the problem is. I just got to quit drinking and everything's going to get great. Well, It will over time improve and get way better. My life is 10 times better than it was almost 10 years ago, no doubt. But that's taken time and work and it's taken patience. And there was, I found out about myself that there was so much more, so much more underneath than just the drinking and making bad decisions and other substances that I was using to escape from all the stuff. And that's kind of what we learn in men's groups. That's what we learn in recovery groups. That's what we learn by reading the Bible. That's what we learn by talking, um, you know, to other people who have gone through the same stuff, listening to different podcasts like this one. And so many of the other great podcasts out there that are, that are talking about, um, you know, a sober mind, a sober lifestyle. So man, whoo love it. I love it. I hope, I hope something spoke to you right there. Okay. Let's go on to some of these, a couple of these other ones. Um, ways alcohol affect the aging process. Let's check that one out. I think that's a little, that's interesting to me and, and why it's interesting to me is at 40, I'll be 42 just next month. As a matter of fact, in July and, uh, they always say, oh, once you hit 40, you know, things start to change and stuff. And um, I think they do. They, they did for me uh, mentally, especially. Um, physically, I'm in the best shape of my life. I mean, can you believe that? It took me until I'm 42, almost 42 years old to get in the best shape of my life. I had all my 20s. I had my 30s. And I just, my 30s, I started to get better, like mid-30s. You know, I, I got sober when I was 32, I think. And I started to... You know, take care of myself a little better, but I I still never like was I never put it pushed myself to the max, you know, or or hard, and to be able to do that at forty two, it's pretty amazing, and you do feel different things start changing as you get older, especially when you do hit forty, and I think I I called it to Jess like. She's like, man, you're like, what's going on? You're hitting the gym every day. Like you're in it. Like what's, and I said, well, I honestly, I think I'm having a small midlife crisis. (laughs) And, and it's, it's, to me, I feel like it's a good thing. It's not a bad midlife crisis you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. in recognizing that like, Hey, I'm not going to live forever. (laughs) Like we don't, you know, when we're 20, when we're in our teens, when we're kids, teens, twenties, even thirties, you think you're going to live forever. Like, that's just, oh, life is forever. And then you start, and then you have kids, and even if you don't have kids, as you get older, you start to see the days, and they start to go by really fast. And then you start to not even know, like, what day it is some days, because you're just like, whoa, like, I, it was just Friday last week, now it's Friday again? Like, wait, what what happened? Are we in some kind of, like, time warp here? Like, what's going on? my my I have a teenager now, and like, like, my son's getting tall and like, it's just crazy. And you're, you know, you're just, you realize that life is so short. It's so precious. Every moment, every moment is so special. And when we can learn to live in those moments and sit in them and realize that they're impermanent and that they're not going to last forever. You know, I've been using that a lot lately when I start to go down the path Of like a crappy attitude or I start to complain about something, you know, and, or if I have to do something that I'm not thrilled about and okay, here's a great example, man, I love it. I woke up this morning and, um, came, you know, was getting ready and stuff. And, uh, and Jess texted me, she was, she had to work early this morning too. And, uh, she said, Hey, the, uh, the front tire is flat on the car. And I'm like, are you kidding me? we've had tire issues the last few months. I had to put a whole new set on the Tahoe and it's not cheap and just like, you know, okay. And then, so now again, just a couple months later, another flat tire, are you kidding me? So it's like, I started to get a little bit pissed at first. I'm like, you know, I started going down that road and I snapped out of it real quick because of knowing, being conscious and being in the moment of that, and knowing that this is a permanent, impermanent moment. And it's something that I can't change. It's not anyone's fault. It just is. And and really from a place of acceptance, like, okay, I need to figure out how we're going to fix this tire. And so we did. I mean, I just had to go to work. I did. I, I got it over to the tire shop. It's not far from here. Actually, it was funny, too, because <laughs> it added to it. I, there was a, it, it was like pretty much all the way flat, but I, I cruised it down the street. We're not far from the gas station by our house. I cruised it down there and I'm just kind of laughing cause I got the, the emergency lights on and I was just too like time crunched with work and stuff to like change the tire. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I know I'm gonna have to put a tire on it anyways. I'm just going to cruise it down slow to the gas station put some air in it. And then I'll shoot right up the street to the America's tire and we'll get it changed out. And so I get down to the gas station. I make it there. There's people passing me. I'm just kind of laughing. I'm trying to keep a good attitude. And let me, I know this seems kind of dumb maybe, but like this is the kind of stuff that ruins people's days, which ruins people's weeks, which ruins people's months, which could ruin someone's whole year because they got a flat tire. And I say that in the fact of that compounding interest, that snowball effect that one little thing set you off and oh no, the world's coming to an end. And I've been there many times. And, you know, I hope to God, I don't ever go back there. At least that severe. I'm not saying I don't have bad days and I can get in my head and stuff still. That's for sure. But like in doing work and, and being in a conscious state and sober minded for like many years now, I have learned like how to really sit in some of this stuff and like process it and not let my emotions go insane over it, which is I'm so thankful for that. And so this is one of those moments. So, and, and let me tell you why too. So the flat tire is one thing, right? Boom. I'm already like late for work. I have a project due I'm trying to work on, but I got to take it cause we need another car. I got to take the kids to, to church camp later. And like, there's all kinds of stuff going on during the day. Okay, boom. I get down there, and I make it to the gas station. I pull in, and I'm like, yes, I made it. All right, I can throw some air in, throw a little gas in. I'll make it. We'll get right up to the um, uh, to the tire center. I pull up to the air pump. What do you know? There's a big sign on it. It says, sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> Our tire uh, air pump, whatever the heck it's called, out of service, and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? You got like, you got to be kidding me, okay? So, I, I, I sit there, I shake my head, and I go, All right, well, I guess I'm driving on the flat tire up to America's. T-. So, I did the same thing. I already, like I said, I know I'm getting a tire, I put the emergency lights on, I cruise it up the street to America's tire, pull it in, I make it there, end up getting a tire put on it, and getting out of there and getting back home to do the day. But, like, that right there. Yeah, it was a pain in the butt, but it didn't ruin my day. It didn't ruin my day. It, you know, was it annoying? Yeah. Um, But like, so so let me kind of tie this back in. I know that was a a long-winded story and I tend to do that sometimes, but alcohol and the aging process. As I've gotten older and I let alcohol go when I was 32, the aging process for me has gotten a little bit better. I think, and versus how it could have been. How do I continue to drink? And that's health-wise, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. If I was still drinking right now and I got that flat tire, uh, all hell would have broke loose. All hell would have broke loose. My attitude, you know, my my day, my day would have been ruined. I would have been pissed about it. How could this happen? Like I don't know how it happened. It's like a heat wall or something the guy said, and it, it's hot here. And it got flat. You know, what, what are you going to do? But as you get older, so let's get on to the article now. So um, as you get older, alcohol's effects can catch up with you. Decades of heavy drinking may take a toll on the liver and the brain and leave telltale signs on the skin. We turn to alcohol for a lot of reasons, says Dr. Jonathan Avery, vice chair for addiction psychiatry at Wheel Cornell Medicine in New York City. It's certainly to enjoy ourselves, but it's also to self-medicate at times. And I just, I want to say this too real quick. I understand the self-medicating part of this and I want everybody to know out there that like I have a lot of sympathy and my heart goes out to those men and women out there who are in physical pain, who suffer from really bad anxiety who suffer from um, like anxiety and stress and depression and like worry and um, you know, pain, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, something happened. And, and they use alcohol in order to self medicate. I want, I mean, I seriously, and, and you know why I say that? It's not like, Oh, I feel for you, all you out there. Like I have personal family members and friends who are dealing with this, who medicate. They use alcohol as medicine to get through some of this stuff. And I understand it and I get it. And I don't fault them for that. And I don't judge them for that. Does it hurt to see sometimes? Sure. Do I wish and pray that that one day there's a better way and a better path for those people that I love and for everyone else out there that I don't know Personally, who's going through this? Absolutely. That's why I do the work that I do. That's why I want to take that back too. That's why God put me in a place and I'm just following what path he's leading me down. I got to remember to take the eye out of that. And that's still something I'm learning. Like I didn't do Jack Shiznit like in this. Like I didn't. And I don't want to go down that path of like ego and all that crap. That's That's a tricky one. Like God, God gave this platform to me. He put it on my heart to start it back in 2014. And here, here it is almost 10 years later, still going and still helping folks out there. So with that, I just, I want that known. I want that on record. Like I, my heart goes out to anybody who's medicating with alcohol, with anything really because of hurt and pain. And what I do want to say is I can promise you that, Jesus saved me and he could save you too. I I promise that 100% that pain, that hurt, that, um, that heartbreak, that anxiety, that depression, all of it, all those things that we don't know how to deal with that feel like they're just compounding and compiling and, and the weight of the world is on our shoulders, Like I have felt that firsthand. I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like to medicate with alcohol and other substances in order to alleviate it. But it alleviates it for a short period of time. And the love of Jesus Christ lasts forever. Period. And I know somebody needs to hear that right now. And all you got to do is surrender to it. And you could hit me up at that sober guy podcast on Instagram. There's a contact form on that If something spoke to you today in that, and, and you would like to give your life to Christ or you have questions or um, you have questions about staying sober, whatever there's tons of resources, all that stuff. But um, okay, let me move on here. You may find relief temporarily after a drink, but drinking regularly can have the opposite effect. It increases the odds of developing depression and anxiety, says Avery, who treats people with alcohol use disorder. It impacts you physically, your, your, um, your cognitive abilities, your body, um, and as a consequence, it impacts your sleep. You know, that's when I overlooked a lot too. My sleeping patterns were so bad. Uh, when, when I was drinking a lot and you know, you, you can't get a good night's sleep. You pass, you pass out. And then I, I remember I would wake up and like, I was eating a lot of crappy food at that time too. Cause I would usually drink and then eat late Jack in the box or Adalbertos, or it's, it was always some crap like late. And then you just, you sleep on crappy Oh, gosh, let's give me flashbacks right now. Um, so even light and moderate drinkers face emotion. And I sleep way better now, by the way. <laughs> um, thank God for that. And Even light and moderate drinkers face emotional consequences and increased health risks from alcohol as they age. If you're approaching retirement with fewer daily obligations to meet and possibly more time, um, don't throw caution to the wind. Um, okay, and then it gets into... Oh man, there's a lot here. Um, During this, um, the flu thing that happened a couple years ago, I don't even want to say what they call it. Um, You know what's interesting too? I found this really interesting. I just want to mention this and you can look it up. Feel free to look up event 201, event 201. And event 201 was something that, transpired in 2017, 2018, I believe. And, um, it was a, the model of a pandemic that was released and went through all society. And it was, it showed the effects. It was basically a simulation of what happened exactly about a year later. So I find that interesting that the simulation, you know, the simulation was ran and then all this stuff happened. It's just so like it's so coincidental to me and, and very interesting just to see how they can predict this stuff, um, you know, before it actually before it actually happened. So it just made me think of that because it says pandemic consumption, which I know was a big thing for those who were stuck at home. And um, gosh, so many people just struggled with addiction during 2020, 2021, 2022 uh, because of of, the way the world was, the craziness. But a 2021 survey shed light on the drinking patterns of older adults since the COVID-19 pandemic began. The University of Michigan National Poll on Healthy Aging asked a national sample of participants ages 50 to 80 about their alcohol use and why they drink. A majority of people who drank during the pandemic reported reducing their alcohol use relative to past years. Says Ann Fernandez, a clinical psychologist and assistant professor in the department of psychiatry, uh, psychiatry at the university of Michigan, a smaller, but significant number drank more says Fernandez who serves as the associate director of the UM addiction treatment service. Among two thirds of older adults who drank at least occasionally key findings include 42% drank once a month or less. Okay, Uh, this isn't as relevant. This isn't what I was looking for here. Um, I thought that was something else. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's move on from this because this isn't one that I ways of uh, alcohol affects the aging process. It does. Period. It definitely does. It it, as you get older, it's it's not. And we already established that in the beginning. about the health. There's no positive health benefits to drinking, even a drink a glass of wine a day. Like that's bullshit. Like, sorry. It's, it is. Um, all right. A couple more. And then we're going to wrap up today. Um, I just want to hear, I want to just, I want to just see this one just to, uh, best alcohol alternatives to avoid a hangover. I just want to see what this, what this says here. Like I said earlier with the dumb joke, like, the best alternative to avoid a hangover is just don't drink. It's not really that hard to figure out. But um, Rev poured herself another drink from the vat with ice, mint, and lime floating. I don't feel drunk. <laughs> the naturopath physician based in Sacramento, California, told the party host who was a mixologist. I feel very relaxed. That was the point. The concoction's base wasn't gin or vodka. It was Hawthorne tea which dilates blood vessels in the brain, heart, and other parts of the body, causes causing a sensation that makes you feel a little bit loopy. Interesting, huh? I've never heard of that before. Hawthorne tea. The alcohol-free refreshment is one example of some herbal and fermented beverages that are getting mainstream attention as alco- alternatives to alcohol. These beverages can provide good options for people who want to cut down on their alcohol consumption as well as those who are in recovery from alcohol misuse what's alcohol misuse I, you know sometimes when they label this stuff the name they're just like just like give me a break people are trying to find a way they can enjoy their food and drinks without causing long-term effects back to my point just don't just don't drink before saying cheers keep in mind that even non-alcoholic and minimally minimally alcoholic drinks need to be purchased and consumed responsibly uh, okay so I'm I'm definitely noticing that mocktails the whole industry even the beer companies are all on the they're all on the the sober train because they want a little piece of the pie in that they see the the sober movement they see the new communities they see the next these the younger generation is choosing to not drink and, and that's you know, one thing I'll say, like, you know, I mentioned like families and stuff and, and we grow up and we see that, you know, I also like, you know, we also have family and friends and stuff that I know that, that don't drink and they are part of that generation that just saw, like, we're not doing that. Like we're, we're, we're changing the game. So just like, I love seeing that. And it, and it is kind of does go both ways, I think, which is awesome. But there are ways that you can still feel social you can still have fun. You can still go out and have a couple of drinks, a couple non alcoholic drinks in even a setting where there's alcohol being served. Maybe it's a wedding or a party or um, a get together dinner with, with friends or family. Like you can have a great time, not have a hangover, stay healthy. Like don't block your spiritual progress with spirits, with alcohol. You can do that. Um, I've said this many times before. One of my favorites, soda water, Pellegrino, preferably, um, a little bit of cranberry and a lime or a lemon. I, I do both and man, drink that at, when you go out, I drink it when I'm using the Traeger outside, when I'm barbecuing, if you, I don't know if you call barbecuing or Traegering or smoking, I'm not really sure how, how you call the three. Cause sometimes I'll use it as a barbecue. If I got to cook something fast, other times I'm smoking something, but either way, if I'm outside and I'm hanging out and I'm relaxing, I'm usually doing some sort of drink like that. Soda water with some lime and lemon soda water with some cranberry. Um, sometimes an energy drink or something. Um, a clean cause is a great one. It's one of my favorites. A little herbamate action. You get some natural caffeine in there. Um, and so, I mean, there's all types of different stuff that, That you can do, and if you're out in the in a a social setting, you know, grab a have like figure something out that you like, that tastes good, that looks cool, you know. And if you're an NA, you want to go down the NA beer route, you know. I've had a couple um, people hit me up lately and send. um, I think Darren was one of them. Darren the barber from uh, from Boston. What's up, brother? Like hit me up the other day and had a. I think it was like a Sam Adams. NA beer, you know, and if that's the route that like everyone's got to choose, you got to make a choice. And some people are going to say, don't ever do that. Don't drink any beer. That's a trigger and whatever. Maybe it is. I don't know. I I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else. So you have to make that decision. If that, if somebody, if you feel comfortable having an NA beer, but I'm just saying there's a ton of options out there. If you are somebody who does NA beer, like every company makes one now. Like point being, there are non-alcoholic art alternatives that will help you stay healthy, stay sober, avoid hangovers, and you can still have fun and alleviate some of that social anxiety that you might have, you know, versus if, you, if you're if you not drinking because you're so, so used to it or whatever. So um, lots of good options out there. Man, I hope something uh, spoke to you today and uh, I just appreciate you tuning in. And following the show, one of the great things we got um, yesterday. Where is I wonder if I can find that? Dang it, I don't have it up right now. Um, Someone left a comment on Spotify. If you go, if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, um, you actually. Where's my phone? Let's see if I can bring this up real quick. Let's check it out because I would love to. uh, I'd love to read that. And I thought it was cool because haven't had one of these on Spotify. Most of the reviews that we get for the show by the way are on iTunes and it is very very helpful. So if you've never left us a review before, I don't ever plug and do this but just since we're on topic today, um if you could go on and if there's nothing you do, you know, uh, to to support the show other than listening. If you could just go on and leave a review, I mean that's huge and it takes you 5 minutes. You can go on Spotify um, so, well, first you can go on iTunes and leave a review on there. That'll be super helpful. I'd love to get the reviews up to at least 500. I think we're at like 449 and they've just, they haven't really grown their reviews. And I know there's a lot of people who listen to the show. So maybe it's a good thing that I'm plugging it this time. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It'd be super helpful. Um, if you listen to the show on, on, um, on Spotify, um, you know, we, we, We had the, uh, you have an opportunity after you listen to each podcast It says, what do you think of this episode? Okay, perfect. Here, I found it. So like, yeah, if you listen to it on Spotify, it'll say, what do you think of this episode? And you can leave us a comment on there. And then I, all I do is accept the comment. It gets emailed and then it gets posted on Spotify. So folks can see what you guys are liking to listen to, what your comments are, what your thoughts are. Um, this one comes from, um, E Plano. I don't know how to, yeah. E Plano. Think at Plano. I think your podcast is badass and I've been listening for years. I appreciate your humor and authenticity. I'm spreading your podcast all around out here in Alaska. Cheers with no beers. Love it. So thank you so much for that. And man, if you could go on and leave a comment or a review on iTunes or Spotify, man, that would be so amazing and I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, man, I hope some spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. Connect us on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.